Hey everyone, welcome back to TV, guys. I'm glad you're listening to this episode. You do have a choice, though, to listen or not listen, but just know that you are creating two different timelines. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And in one of these timelines, Matt might actually be funny. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> just coming to this podcast swinging. I didn't even see it coming. Hey, I didn't say it wasn't this one. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's the implication. <laughs> Well, uh, I better be funny because this is like my favorite. I think it's my favorite episode of Community. We've done our favorite episodes of Community, and I think this is what I said mine was. But even if it's not the favorite, it's still like top three. It's one of it's one of mine, but it's definitely not my favorite. I don't know what my favorite is, but it's not this one. I find myself also, I know I brought it up, but I find myself coming back to the Halloween episode, the zombies and ABBA. I don't know why, like I hate zombies, but there's just something about the mixture of those two elements and the writing of how everything unfolds. That was just so funny to me. See, there's no Dean Pelton in this episode and I love Dean Pelton. Um, here's what boosts this episode for me. And I highlight, I had it at the end of my notes, but I'll say it at the outset. There's no Chang. So that escalates this episode for me here's the thing chang is at different times like the best and the worst character like depending on what season like and there are some episodes which are fantastic chang episodes and then there's entire seasons changnesia about that are terrible with chang and i don't know why changnesia doesn't make me mad like that's the only thing that i'm like oh okay i just i didn't like the chang concept but at the same time my first time through i wasn't like a big fan of pierce because of, of course pierce sucks but then as you come back to it, and we'll talk a little bit about like the Pierce Jeff angle that I realize how much Pierce benefits the overall experience of the show. Well, so. In early stages, Pierce wasn't all bad. There's some moments in season one where like they, they could have veered it and turned Pierce into more endearing, but they just chose not to. And yeah. it's Chevy Chase. So, and that's why they chose not. To, I, I think Chevy Chase went up to Dan Harmon once. Is like, you got to stop giving me some of these terrible lines. And then Dan Harmon's like, well, then stop saying them in real life. I'm like, yeah, well, I would, I would believe that. Yeah, that sounds I like mean, both of their personalities. The, the Dan Harmon Chevy Chase feud is well documented. If you don't know what we're talking about, Google it. You'll spend it hours looking at all this stuff. Yeah, um, and so because of that, we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, also there, so there is a movie announced for this and it was getting ready to shoot and it finally got greenlit and everything was gearing up and then the writer strike happened and they shut down production. They paused it, but at the same time when it was so many schedules to balance and so much to get together, mm-hmm. like who knows if we're actually going to get it. I really hope we still end up getting it, but we'll talk a little yeah. bit about our hopes and our, our desires for yes. the community w- movie. We're just going to, give our hopes and desires and predictions as if it's happening. And here's yeah. the big overarching one is, will it still happen? Yes. I, I don't want to be a negative Nelly about it, but I mean, like it's just for how long it took to get this off the ground in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then just this huge, like yeah, emergency break gets pulled out. So yeah. It's like a couple of years ago, they did one of those zoom reunions with our table reads. Like a lot of shows did. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. They, they chose the Pierce funeral episode, which is like an odd episode but it's because they wanted one without Pierce and with Troy. And that's only like a five episode block that they could have to win a window to choose from. 
Well, like all of these other types of episodes we've done, there this is the one where we do like a deep dive into one specific episode. And so we're going to go through it bit by bit, scene by scene. And uh, so if you haven't watched this episode, even if you this to me is a really good gateway episode to community because there is a little bit that happens for like some I, character stuff. I disagree. I think this episode it benefits so much to already knowing the characters and who they are. I feel like if this was your entrance, I would be really confused. It's a great episode, but I don't think it should be your your first viewing, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from, where I was, where I was meaning it is that like story-wise, I guess if you, if you had a brief rundown of like the whole concept of the show and knowing this is a, a study group and you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that, I, I think you you could get I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a vocal be, processor, so I just spent like 30 seconds, pretty much just to say nothing. I just want everyone to be aware that that was what happened. Okay. And before we get going, so we have to first shout out. We were supposed to have a guest for this episode, our uh, buddy Andrew Elmquist, but he had some issues where he wasn't able to because he's taking care of his baby. Which brings me to the next thing. We always shout out when our guests have babies. And guess what? Andrew had a baby. So congratulations to Andrew. And we can now shout out our first former guest who got married. So congratulations, Tammy and Billy, because Tammy was on on here a couple of times. And she got married. did it. And we can shout out. No, I I got no more. Um, I don't think I missed anything. (laughs) uh, I, I had a good day. So we can shout that out. Woohoo. Shout out the fact that I found out that I've been unknowingly holding on to Matt's wedding video for 13 years. That is true. That <laughs> happened. I think I figured out what happened. Oh, we because... can shout out a death. Uh, we can? Yeah. yeah. Not not of our guests, but. Okay, I was like, um, I'm pretty sure all of our guests are up. Suzanne um, Summers, she died in the last week as of this Oh, yeah, recording. she did. Yeah. Of Three's Company and Step by Step fame. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, you're about to go into a fun anecdote, and by like, I'm like, by the way, they died. <laughs> I think I clearly didn't videotape the wedding because you can see you can see me with my family sitting in the back row, uh, and so I think they probably used my camera, whoever was videotaping it, and then I took the camera back, and he said they were like, oh, I can't edit it, I don't have the footage because I took it with my camera, even though I have no memory of this at all. That's probably what happened. And somehow the footage got on my computer on a labeled file that says Matt and Angie's wedding. <laughs> so what a turn of events that was. By the way, I found actually a CD um, after you had told me this in my storage room area that said Matt and Angie's wedding. And I'm like, okay, so apparently a copy was made somehow. So to add more layers to the confusion. You know, if you show me know. the CD, I'll be able to tell you if it's my handwriting or not. I could do that. So, or we could talk about this episode of community. No, that's, that's ridiculous. Why would we ever do that? Here we are filling time, but what you came for was uh, remedial chaos theory. So this episode um, to, to start out, give the general concept. The whole episode is a deja vu uh, multiverse. This was before any other multiverse movies came out. Community did it first. So it was this alternate timeline. We get to see from six, actually seven different points of view. And uh, it's a unique idea to take seven different points of view and shove them into a 30 minute episode. Yeah. So you don't have a lot that happens 
in those couple minutes of each timeline, but it still like works really well. And we'll get to like the general gist of, of that at the end of the episode. Well, before the, before the timeline split, there is an intro section that happens. And then after that, then they do the timeline split. Yep. So the the episode starts, and actually it starts right on the the front of the door of Troy and Abed's new apartment. We see they're at three oh three, and or no, they're at three oh four. And Britta and Annie outside of the door are like, oh, "Is this three oh three? No, it's three oh four. I thought it was three oh three. No, you said three three. And so the whole idea, as Brian is about to tell you, is yeah. that it was filmed and edited in a different order. So that must have been put in a little bit like after they added the episode. Because it was supposed to be the third episode of the season. And then for some reason, they switched it to the fourth episode. So they quick, all they needed was that shot of the door. And then Annie and Britta to come in and do voiceovers for that. And they just slotted slotted that in because that's the kind of in joke that Dan Harmon likes to do. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea too is uh, for kicking it back one week is that they wanted to build the arc of the season a little bit more because this episode is a standalone it's a filler episode in some ways, but it's what I think that they've called a concept episode where instead of doing something plot related, they take this idea such as the alternate timeline theory and they go about making an episode around that. That doesn't really do much for the characters, even their character development. There's a little bit, but it's there's, minor. There's two things and I'll, I'll point them out as we go across that I've, pointed out that do come back in later episodes but that's one is just a sentence and one is just a character connection sounds good all right yep so they show up they're at troy <laughs> door swings open troy and abed's new apartment which and so the episode opens and ends with a troy and abed da, 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 da. And the first one is troy and abed's new apartment <laughs> and uh and so this they're introducing the concept. The whole idea is it's a housewarming party for Troy and Abed. And uh, the, this is their new apartment. And so everyone's yeah. coming over. Uh, they're going over the rules of the house. Um, and also kind of the rules of the get together that Troy had yeah. apparently um, like avoid touchy topics like the Negro problem. Cause the book was written in the 1940s. And it works because Troy says that line. Exactly. A hundred percent. Like, the way Donald Glover is so good at giving like these naive, ridiculous, um, I don't get what I'm saying lines. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, that was definitely one of them. Yeah. And then they revealed that Shirley has already been there since three o'clock baking, which they're clearly like not thrilled about. Like, Shirley's been here since three is how they say it. <laughs> and they've, they've got the eyes that say, help us. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the first introduction of Chekhov's boulder. And yep. so we see uh, Abed's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark replica complete with the boulder that's, that rolls out of it. And mm-hmm. so um, Annie and Britta seem fake impressed. Like, oh, it's so cool. Super cool. Super sexy cool. And Annie's like, you're overselling it. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, once again, um, Shirley comes out with a pizza, the whole idea. And this is, this is, this so is Shirley's big thing. <laughs> yeah. This is Shirley's big thing of the episode is, is her baking. And if there's any sort of development for Shirley, it's all about her, like the baking problem she has. No one wants to confront her on it. And she, like she creates a pizza, but doesn't have the proper ingredients. So the pizza is made out of ketchup and cream cheese. Which is, it just sounds gross. And I'm all with Abed. Abed's like, 
we ordered real pizza and just kind of like stares her down a little bit. <laughs> like the meanest that we get from Abed when he's not evil Abed. Yeah. He's he meaner just... than evil Abed, really. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, you've got to take a stand. You're not going to eat cream cheese and ketchup pizza. Who does that? Yeah. Um, in the meantime, Troy had went down to get our other guests of the show coming back up, Jeff and um, Pierce, Pierce, which yep. why did they arrive together, Brian? For plot convenience. <laughs> <laughs> As Angie and I will say, because the plot demands it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they, they set up the conflict right away when uh, when Pierce turns to Troy and brings up a, a little piece that we didn't really see too much of. And he's like, Hey, didn't you once live with me in a mansion? And uh, so that whole idea begins the arc of Pierce has brought a gift for Troy. We don't see what it is yet, but later we see that it's a troll doll meant to Mm -hmm. scare him and freak him out. I think we see it. And I'll see if we go through, I think three of the timelines have the troll doll scene. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I think this one and then the next scene are about like they show the gift, but they don't ever see it open. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing to to take a moment here before we get into the next scene that is really unique about this episode is that they do a good job in earlier scenes to build and pay off a joke later. And yeah. so with something like this, like, okay, we're not going to sh- bring out that troll too soon, but yet it's going to come to a head in Troy when he goes down to get the pizza and everything falls apart in the darkest timeline. And mm-hmm. then the whole troll standing there is a great payoff to this yeah. joke that they build for a couple scenes. We'll get to it. We'll get to it when we get there, but there, that's, that's one of the big memes of uh, the show. <laughs> absolutely all right so um then the, we can't miss the um jeff says oh i i have to leave i have a, i'm that's right going to a club and then abed says nope uh i made that fake fl- fake flyer and send it to you so you would keep tonight open and jeff's like there's no single malt platinum boobs and billiards club i guess i never said it out loud <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great line. But at the same time, this also is a good character moment for Abed to show just how in control he is. Like Abed is that type of character of like, I'm going to be in the background and I'm okay being quote unquote small, but I really like, I know what I'm talking about. There's the other one where Britta had them all take personality tests and everyone was psychotic except for Abed. Yeah. And it's like it's moments like this that show how stable, even though he has his crazy quirks, that yeah. there's a stability about Abed and like him being able to dupe Jeff into staying all night for the thing. Similar to Michael at the dinner party of tricking Jim and Pam, like mm-hmm. very smart play of knowing what to do for Jeff to get him to clear his schedule. Yeah. And you know, I would say it's it's more convenient, but you know what? Both plans work. So Yep. And so end of the scene is uh, Jeff being like, oh, am I going to be stuck here playing charades? Better. Yahtzee. And he's like, is charades still on the table? And then we go into the the title credits. So yeah. after we come back from that, we have the, the second scene <clears throat> where they started. They have the payoff of that. They're playing Yahtzee. Troy rolls. He says, all right, now how to play Yahtzee. Pulls out the, the instructions. <laughs> But this is where the scene, be, or the whole crux of the episode begins as they're sitting around talking. The doorbell buzzes and it's like, oh, it's pizza. Okay, well, who's going to go get it? And they all do the nose goes thing. 
everyone points their nose at the same time. So no yep. one loses. So Jeff does the whole, the crux of the episode here. He does, I keep using that phrase. <laughs> he pulls out the dice. I'm going to roll this one to six, starting on my left, going around. That person will go get the pizza. So he rolls yep. first one. Annie is two. And so yep. this is the start of the first branch of timeline. Oh, and Ovid, of course, Brian says. Uh, every time you see this, like, um, Jeff, you realize by doing this, you are now creating six different timelines. And then Jeff goes, of course I am, Ovid. And we see that exchange every time. And then there's the the graphic of the dice going up and going down the the circle with the number and landing. And so he, he says, oh, number, names. This is two, Annie. Yes. And, and that's that's a good writing mechanic because they, they said that they wanted to they borrowed from Groundhog's Day because Groundhog's Day has this idea of like we need to know every single time the day resets. We need just a little cue for us of when the day is reset. And it's always that Sonny and Cher song. And so for this one, it is those exact same lines. Abed, you're now creating six timelines. Of course I am. Throw it up in the air, the graphic. So every time it's saying this is the clear we're resetting. I think they also even include the whole nose goes too each time as well. It, it, it starts with the nose goes, then there's that thing, which is a choice. By like the third or fourth, you could just skip that. But I like that they continue it every time. Yeah, because it's it's a it's a good comfort. It's like you know, as a writer, you don't want to play down to a dumb audience. You don't want to say, "Well, I'm going to make the whole of the writing suffer because I'm not sure if the audience is going to get this." But at the same time, you still want the audience to get it. So it's a great visual cue to say, "Yes, this is resetting." Boom! This is very clear. It's as clear as we're going to make it, and we're moving forward. It's kind so, of like in Lost. How like remember at one point I think it's season five. Hurley just goes on this big wrong rant to his mom, basically summarizing the first four seasons of the show. And she's like, I don't understand you, but I believe you. It was like, he's basically just catching up the audience as to what's been happening. <laughs> like, Hey, remember all this, which if you were not watching up until season five, and then you started season five, like, what are you doing? You can't just start a, a show like lost at the fifth season. You can't do that. I bet if you did, you probably thought that um, the whole flashback was that they died and they're in purgatory the whole time. I bet that's what you thought if you started at season five. There are people who watch the whole show who still think that, and I, it makes Gosh. me angry. Yeah, I yeah, seriously. Okay, we won't go into that because that's another we'll episode. Just get mad. Yeah. All right. Um, We're still on the first of the timelines. <laughs> we are. All right. So it sets up. All of their different conflicts that they have. So as soon as Annie goes out, we see a real Chekhov's gun in Annie's bag. Yeah, uh, they're you know he's going in there looking for that. Um, well, see, we first, there's a couple of things. Um, Troy, or, you know, Pierce mentions, "Oh, I had sex with Eartha Kitt in an airplane bathroom." And then Britta starts to sing Roxanne, and Jeff goes, "No." And then Britta says, "Bathroom," and she gets up to leave. Those yep. things will happen almost every every time. Then it goes to they. Uh, they find the gun and you okay, explain how the dialogue when they found the gun, because that's hilarious. Yep. Yes. And, and before we get to that, the other things is Shirley has her pies. Yep. Uh, Jeff hits his head on the fan. Which and that hasn't uh, happened yet. But I, I that hasn't happened that. yet, but that's, that's his consistent thing. And Troy's is getting a gift from Pierce. And then yep. Abed's is Abed doesn't have some sort of conflict. His, he takes Britta to the bathroom and that and his, is like, kind mo of uh, most of the timelines. Jeff and Annie are going to go to the bathroom. And then Jeff, the Abed just says, Britta's in the bathroom. Yes. And, and at the end, Abed always says, I wonder what happened in the other timelines. Exactly. Yeah. So they all have their own little thing, except for Abed, kind of. So they all well, have Abed something the, that's the going end on. tag is where it is. He does. He's 
his, his thing isn't like a, I hate to say conflict because there's there's slight conflicts and like things create conflict, but at the same time, it's it's not conflict. I, I think this is such a weird episode. Plot. Yeah, the, the things that happen to each character. <laughs> Nothing happens to Abed, but he definitely is instrumental in this episode. Like you said, he's got like the theme to bring it all together, and he yep. also is the one to introduce the separate timelines idea. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So what? What, what was the question? I know Troy asked a question because he's the one looking oh, at any Troy bag. says, um, what does a pregnancy test look like? And Jeff's like, it's a little piece of plastic with a thing on the end. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> then this is definitely a gun. <laughs> That's a great bait and switch. Yeah. Like, you know, how many times have we seen a, uh, a sitcom where it's like they accidentally happen upon a pregnancy test? That, that happens in this show. Have. It already happened with Shirley's bag. Oh, did it? That's Remember right. in, the, in the calligraphy bottle episodes they already did that so i love that they're gonna bring that idea in like oh we found a pregnancy test no we didn't it's just troy asking in a really stupid way if he has a gun or not yeah so this is a gun again this is an actual checkoff gun i made the joke about the checkoff boulder but this is a gun that doesn't come back into play for several other timelines it doesn't get there until um the the dark timeline. Yeah. So then what happens next is like I said, we, we had all those different things. So Troy, or I'm sorry, Pierce gets the gift out to give to Troy at the same time as Jeff standing up to hit his head. And this is the only time that we see him not trying to be impressive about the hit. And so he's just stands there recuperating because, yeah. Oh, he hit his head. Mm-hmm. And then I have, uh, um, Britta's in, Brit is clearly in the bathroom getting high, and we get the first of the pizza, pizza, me so hungry, which is <laughs> so I, I'm I'm never gonna do that again because but I had we had to say it. That is so cringy. It's it's it is it's such a terrible line. Like the first time I have him, like that is a choice that she's making. But then it's like, oh, she's getting high. Okay, I get it. So really stupid decision to make, but I mean that's Britta. She just she does Britta things. Yeah, we also get the introduction of Annie. This is another joke that pays off later, and it's just a, a one little sentence thing that we pays off when Britta goes gets it. But she makes a comment about how creepy the pizza guy is. Yeah, they mentioned it a couple times. Even when Pierce gets the pizza, he says, "Pizza guys are getting uglier and uglier." Yep. And so then this is this isn't the prime timeline, so to speak, but it, it kind of ends with Abed like, "I wonder what happened to all the other timelines." There wasn't. Any- any big conflict in this episode to me it's like maybe i I know the prime timeline is the one where they're all having a dance party at the end and it's like a good thing that happened but of actually rolling the dice this is probably the best case scenario for annie going to get the pizza because nothing too terrible happens no one gets in a fight nothing falls apart it's just yeah i think the worst that happens is jeff hits his head and troy finds a gun exactly so next it goes to number four and it's Shirley go, goes to get the pizza. Exactly. So now we get some resolution of Shirley's thing about the pies that as she's the one who has to go get the pizza, someone has to watch the pies and make sure they come out of the oven. So she yeah. leaves and goes, gets them. And they all come together in their pact of like, guys, we can't have any of this pies. No one's going to eat that. And, and, and it's like, Oh, just talk to her. It's like, we tried that. She has a baking problem, which <laughs> and fun line. Yeah. And then uh, Roxanne, no, Britta, bathroom, Eartha Kit. Okay, continue. 
<laughs> I love it. Um, so yes. So all, all of those things happen. And, uh, the Shirley's pies get ruined. Why? Because when Jeff stands up, he and uh, Annie gives the little like, oh, no, I'm so sorry that that happened. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I skipped over. I skipped over the gift. This is when we yeah. see the troll for the first time. Yes. So I, I just wrote Pierce's gift, evil troll. But what what which happens in this one? What which one is this? Yeah, so this is, they're just talking about it, um, like introducing the concept. Jeff thinks it's funny. He's like, and this actually has a little bit of history here with this, is that this was a troll that he actually had. It's not like he just found it. He had it at his house. And Troy's like, it used to watch me sleep. And he's like, oh, convinced yeah. it's haunted. So Pierce knows that this would set him off. And he's just kind of acting yeah. like, oh, I just, he, he seemed to take an interest in it. I just thought he'd like it. Yeah. And Pierce so, is acting out because he's jealous that Troy's living with Abed instead of Pierce. Absolutely. So this this specific uh, one shows the bad Troy Pierce relationship, and it shows the the bad problems with Shirley because we're going to see that in a second. So yeah. Troy stands up. He's upset. He's going to go get a drink, and then Jeff decides he's going to stand up too. Hits his head. Ch- Pierce laughs, and then we get the first of this line. Barely felt it because he's trying to you know show off for Annie. He's not yeah. hurting. Pizza, pizza in my tummy. She comes out, me so hungry. And then Shirley's back, of course, because Shirley's back in. And she's, did someone remember to take out my pies? No one took out her pies. Nope. She freaks out, goes in. She loses it. She's so mad. Like, yeah. I gave you one job. And yeah. this is this is my favorite part of this little thing, is yeah. that um, she's like, you guys couldn't even take care of my pies. You're just busy making googly eyes at each other. And it does the... Je- uh, Annie looks at Jeff, or Annie and Jeff look at each other. Jeff looks away, looks at Britta. Britta looks away, Britta looks at Troy. Troy looks away, looks at Abed. Troy looks back, and then Pierce is holding the troll in front of him, and he freaks out. <laughs> great joke, great visual yeah. camera movement following him, but Shirley has a breakdown, runs off, is crying. Yeah. An Abed's line. Yeah. And I like that. Also, when um, Pierre, before that, Pierce says, don't worry, no one makes googly eyes at me either. And then Shirley realizes that she's in a category with Pierce, and then she goes off. True. And they say that she had a nervous breakdown slash breakdown. True. I also like Jess' line, too, when he's trying to convince her before the googly eyes thing. He's like, you can't have baking things as an identity or as a personality trait. Yeah. So, yeah, she runs off. It's the uh, uh, Abed, the, uh, what, what happened in the other timelines and... Yeah. You know, it's like she just had a mental breakdown. You're worried about the other timelines. So yeah. then it flashes back to the other one. Nose goes and it's once again, it's going to be a commercial. And so it comes back from commercial this time. It's Pierce. What was and the number, number that he rolled? Number three, uh, number three, three Pierce. And this one, we'll get to it, uh, has the first of two. I said two uh, things that do come back later in the season that make this not completely filler. All right. So this was, uh, uh, if we're going to continue on the little bit of reveals that we're getting this time, we actually get to see if you probably caught it, if you are, you know, smart enough, but we actually see Britta in the bathroom that yeah. she is uh, smoking marijuana and getting high. And Troy comes in to the bathroom. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Right? Cause you have to explain why Troy left. Troy left. So you know, you got the same, you know, Eartha Kid, Shirley checks in the pies, Roxanne, no, Britta goes to the bathroom. Then Jeff starts mocking the bunk bed, saying, oh, those are real mahogany right. bunk beds, trying to, like, seem cool, like, in front of Annie, 
mocking Troy and Abed. Yes. Even though Abed yeah, doesn't so... care. Like you can't embarrass Abed. But yeah. Troy wants to be seen as a man and not a boy, and that makes him embarrassed and angry. So he goes to see Britta in the bathroom. Yeah, you're right. A lot of this episode is Troy's thing with Pierce, but this is another good example of what you're saying is like the whole reason they're having this like Abed, Abed, I think is just trying to live out. Like, this is what you would do in a, in a specific episode, but Troy's like, I want people to see who I am. I want yeah. to be a man. I want to like, this is a grown man's apartment. I'm on my own, even though I'm with Abed. And so for him to belittle Troy in front of Annie and like for, to realize no one is taking me seriously, especially like all the work he goes into, because when we see him in the bathroom, one of the fancy party things is the bowl of olives at the bathroom. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Britta, it's a fancy party. Yes. But he says that he, he says it so casually, like, Oh, it's a fancy party, Britta. <laughs> and then later, and later on in one of the other timelines, uh, but it's like, did you refill the, did you refill the toilet olives? Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's a fun little callback. Like, uh, this is a small gag to throw out, but then they're able to call back to it in another timeline. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that is, you know, so when he, Troy goes into the bathroom, he's talking with Britta, and like they're not treating me like a man. He pulls out the cigarettes in like a cigarette case, and he puts it in his mouth. Uh, Britta's gonna light it for him, and as she gets there with the the lighter, he starts chewing it because it's, it's a candy, candy cigarette. <laughs> But Troy and Britta actually have a really good moment. I do like this yeah. moment with them in the bathroom. And this is the one I was talking about. Troy and Britta connecting. I know we've had Troy and Britta moments before, like when they were taking dance class. But you can really see the the formation of them starting to become something. And I feel like even if Dan Harmon had been around for season four, I think he would have done something with Troy and, Troy and Britta. He just probably would have done it better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There, it's not that Troy and Britta, like that there's no capacity for them to be an intriguing couple, Yeah. but just to leave them the way that they were and to throw them together doesn't work. You have to have a change and you have to have them develop as characters together in order to be an intriguing couple. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, opposites attract. You can have opposites all you want. Like, Amy Santiago and Jake Peralta are very different characters, but you see them grow together and you buy them as a, as a couple. They're just as unlikely as Troy and Britta. Yeah. And then we go back and Jeff hits his head again. And Annie, it's another thing where they say, Annie um, says, Oh, I, sh- I should check your, check your head in the bathroom. And then Britta goes, goes, Britta's in the bathroom. So in this one, they go to check it in the, in the kitchen. And while she's doing that, Shirley brings out the pies and, um, she says, "Oh, mini pies, the best medicine." Uh, says 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 Doctor Shirley, and Jeff's like, "Well, I'd like to see her medical degree." Kind of like snapping back at her. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, and that follows up the line with uh, Annie's like, "Oh, Annie, you'd be you'd be such a good nurse." Like him, just kind of yeah. sucking up to her and wooing her, and then the best medicine, like Shirley playing on that same medical degree thing, and for Jeff to shut her down right away. Which I I don't know how you feel. I'm not. And Annie Jeff Shipper. So I don't know. Like yeah. I actually, and this is, you can see hints of it, even though they never do it. I could see a future for Annie and Abed. 
I, <laughs> I didn't, th- that, that is not a, an idea that has ever floated into my brain before here, Brian. It really has, especially when you get into season six after Troy leaves, like Annie and Abbott are clearly very good friends. Like they run the yeah. apartment there and they have that connection and I can see it. I can see the Annie Abed of it all. Here's what I don't like. I think it's the same relationship, but the opposite genders as it is Jeff and Annie, because later in this episode, the whole, when they kiss, she mocks or she makes a mention about like her dad and like the father daughter relationship and like that. And and that kind of gets to Jeff like, Oh wait, no, this is a problem. I feel like that was Annie and Abed's relationship on the other way, that she was a bit of a mother to Abed. That, sure, he was grown up enough mm. in a number of things, but there is still like that boyish quality about him that she, being the voice of reason, ends up being more like a mom than like a potential girlfriend to me. At times, I see, I see it. But uh, speaking of potential girlfriend, boyfriend, we do see like this this specific time where Pierce goes down, it ends and kind of a sweet thing for uh, Troy and Britta that they come together closer and they're yeah. actually like laughing together and like, you know, once again, the googly ass comment, they're making that to each other and everyone else notices like oh, something happened with them in the bathroom. Well, and, and uh, this is where we have uh, Britta tells Troy, like, you don't need to be like Jeff. Jeff keeps his toiletries locked in a cage and under the <laughs> sink, this, which is like really paints him as a psychopath. Like you really don't want people to know you have a toothbrush. Yeah, exactly. And, and in that bathroom too, like Britta speaks directly into what uh, Troy needed. Cause she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, he just views you as a threat to say like, now that you've got your own furniture, you've got your own place, you've got your own bowl of yeah. olives in the bathroom. Yeah. And like, it's a very kind thing for Troy and him being at a vulnerable spot <laughs> was able to say, okay, there is someone who like, this is a success. Yeah. Britta's actually viewing me as a man. Cause I am. Exactly. All right. So speaking of Britta, next roll goes to a six, and that is Britta going downstairs yep. to go get the pie. All right, get not the pie, the pizza pie. That is. Yeah. So she goes. Uh, Shirley goes checks on the pies. Um, everyone kid, just yeah. yeah, and everyone sits around awkwardly for a moment because yeah. Britta doesn't put on the music. She doesn't have the Roxanne thing, so they're all kind oh, of yeah, looking that's, at each that's other. That's why I was like, why does why does Troy say this randomly? Yeah, so Troy, to fill these spaces, about to be like, man, you guys are my best. And then Jeff's like, oh, I need a drink. So he stands up, hits his head, um, and he's, oh, Jeff, are you okay? This time, they are able to go into the bathroom. They successfully Because Britta's it. not there, yep. Yep. And, of course, as you said, the Abed line, do I need to refill the toilet olives? Yep. So then they're – and that line allows um, – Abed and Troy to have like, oh no, I filled them earlier. Oh, that's why you're the best, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then Pierce is watching this. He's stuck at the table once again, feeling like the third wheel. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. here's the present. Let me go ahead and get this out. Yeah. So and then we cut to Annie and Jeff in the bathroom. Yes. And she's talking about, oh, um, I I got to use a tourniquet lately because someone got shot outside my building and, and Jeff's like, and you need to get the hell out of that building, which comes back in a little bit later in the prime timeline. I'll just put a pin in that comment. Yep. So this is a little bit of the payoff, even though we don't see the gun this time. This is a little bit of the payoff from uh, Annie carrying a gun around. Obviously, she needs to carry it around because she's not feeling safe. So it allows us to then see Jeff and Annie and Jeff mm-hmm. having that protective side and t- wanting to take care of her and wanting to protect her. And they have a moment. She leans in for a kiss before we hear a scream. And, and so, 
Yeah. Yep, Pierce is terrorizing Troy with the with the with the troll, like holding it out, and Troy's like, ah. <laughs> and so this is this is one of those important parts of um needing to have again great writing to show us a little bit at a time. It shows us the troll. We know that there's that problem with the troll, so that we didn't have to see him opening the troll. We get to come in right in the middle of Pierce going off the deep end, actually holding up the troll like he's like doing an exorcism with a cross to like yeah. someone who's demon possessed. Like he's holding it out right in front of Troy's face. Troy's against the wall, just screaming. And uh then Abed like highlights like, oh no, Pierce is just jealous because he's living with me now and Pierce doesn't know that about himself. He doesn't yeah. realize that's why he's acting <laughs> out. And he has a moment where it's, he's letting that sink in before Britta interrupts. Yep. And Britta comes in with the pizza guy uh, and they did a great guy, a great job of casting this guy who I guess his name is Toby, Toby, the pizza guy as a really creepy looking pizza delivery guy. And she's saying, we're, we're we're in love and we're getting married and she like he's kissing her hand and everyone just looks dumbfounded until Abed is like I wonder what happens to the other timelines and then Toby the pizza guy is like wait there are other timelines exactly <laughs> good way to end that so you know we talked about like some of the best epi- like moments and things like this this one would like it's not the worst because there's the darkest timeline. Like no one's gonna argue about the darkest. Yeah, timeline. that'll be next. Yeah, and that exactly. Spoiler alert. But <laughs> but this is a really crappy one. This is a crappy one for Troy and Pierce to have it for Jeff and Anne. Like the Shirley one was really bad. This isn't that great either because Troy or like Pierce went full Pierce on it, and you yeah. never you never are good when Pierce goes full Pierce. Exactly. So we're at the darkest timeline. Which, he okay. rolls a one. Go ahead. I said there's. I said there's only two foreshadows. There's three. This one foreshadows bad things happen when Troy leaves. <laughs> First here, and then later on, the show goes downhill. He's the reverse blitz. Yeah. Yeah. So continue. We're on the darkest. What will later be known as the darkest timeline. This is such great directing and writing like Mm -hmm. just to have. So when Troy runs out, he's like, I'm going to go as fast as I can to make sure I don't miss anything, which is totally Troy behavior slams the door. That's enough to unhook that uh, the boulder and it falls off and is rolling across the floor and it keeps interspersing that the shot of the ball rolling while it's showing us this mounting tension for different things that are going to be happening in here. Uh, Pierce says, Jeff, tell us about your father. I'm going to get a drink. Hits his head. Uh, Pierce laughs. And it's like it's building while Roxanne is going on in the background. And then finally, Annie stands up. So I'm going to help you out. She slips on the boulder, falls, hits the table. It knocks off alcohol, spreads that across the floor. Pierce stands up. He's nervous. He wants to help. Knocks Annie's bag off. Gun goes off. Shoots him in the leg. Then Okay, pause. We forgot to say way back in the beginning, Pierce offers Troy. Uh, Pierce offers Jeff is like really potent liquor from Serbia, and I just realized that yes. never. Yes, so that that's that's that comes into play here. We never see that again until now. And continue. So the other so correct. Yeah, they fall. They fall down. The liquor fall. Liquor rolls yep. over. 
Yep, the liquor rolls over. That it smashes open, so there's all over the floor, ripe for something else to happen in a second. But after Pierce yep. gets shot, Shirley comes in, hears the gunshot, sees him on the floor. The blood spouts out of his leg, sprays on her face. She freaks out. Britta yep. hears it. She comes in, sees the mess. As she's hanging from her mouth, the joint, and it falls, and the fiery part of the joint hits the alcohol starts a fire and he freaks out sees it going on as jeff is calling the the police realizes he needs to do something he starts fighting the fire and in the midst of this troy comes back in sees this is the gift that you're talking about this is the yes. meme of he comes back in everything's on fire and ridiculous and there's that troll standing in the middle of the room yeah. staring at him Goes, this is no! it's I love when shows can yes. do this. Exactly. When they can introduce enough of these elements and then it pays it all off at once. It's yes. genius. It's my favorite like my favorite thing about this episode. All to the song of Roxanne playing in the yeah. background as the just everything's falling apart. I love it. Which okay, in this season they spent so much of their money budget on Roxanne. They pretty much spent all of their money on Roxanne. You'll find out throughout, yep. especially season three, you see, you hear like the uh, royalty free like tune of Daybreak that they insert in so many episodes because they use their money budget on Roxanne in this episode. Daybreak's the one that goes, that one, they use that tune in so many episodes because of this episode. And then once they like, once they use it so much in this, they realize there's a meme like, all right, now it's become a running gag. So they do it for the other seasons as well. Yes. But the reason, the birth of it was for the royalties of Roxanne. You're absolutely right. Look at that. Look, Brian, you know, stuff. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. So it's interesting. This next one is kind of like a, a little calm down. Like nothing huge really happens in the ne next, in this next one, except for a little, awkward creepy jeff annie stuff but yeah that's when it goes to abed and rolls of five yep and i wanted to i wanted to ask your thoughts on it maybe you okay. can share that when we get to the end of this because to me i think that the troy darkest timeline thing is so great that it feels like that's a natural progression of what the episode is leading to in terms of the worst way it can go and then it's good that we end on like the the best way things can go in the prime timeline but for me, I'm like, why did they do Abed leaving first before Troy? I felt like the the show should have the episode should have been building to Troy's, and then we can have the resolution after that. I kind of like how they did it now because by it's just kind of re like resets like the, all this craziness happened. This is where like, in any other show, if it wasn't timeline, this would probably lead into like a multi part episode. Like, oh my gosh, one of the characters is shot and there's a fire and. And, you know, like, I'm pretty sure I'm describing an episode of Grey's Anatomy. But then it's like, <laughs> but instead, they go right back to, like, everything's on fire. Pierce a shot to timelines. It's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to reset and see what else is going on. And it kind of is it's a palate cleanser. It'd be like, okay, we're, we're seeing all of these different pieces at play. And how are they going to interact? And, like which one of these is the real one? Because this is before we find out about the whole Abed catching it. So at this point, any one of these could be the real one until we get to the end. That's fair. I think another way... So let's talk about this exact scene because actually, if we take out the darkest timeline, this to me is the the worst ending out 
like in terms of realistic things that could happen. Like uh, the, the, the darkest time. Yeah. The darkest timeline is like a very unrealistic. That's just yeah. absolute chaos. And well, it's, it's good that, that they have what that. How can you say it's bad? Abed found the nickel in the hallway. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's such a great joke for him. But here's what I like about this one. And I think now as I'm thinking outside the box, like this is actually like, the wrap up of these arcs, like the conflict that we have a number of different times. And so we get to see that conflict come to its natural head in a, in a realistic sense versus the chaotic sense. And so, uh, Ab is the one that goes down. They roll it. What was it? A five for Abed? Yep. Five for Abed. Then this is the last of the dice rolls. So, so they roll a dice, um, Britta Roxanne. Nope. Bathroom, except for this time yeah. it's to Troy. Troy lets her know where the bathroom is. Um, yeah. then Jeff stands up, hits his head. Oh, uh, Eartha Kit too. Uh Joyce Troy stands up, hits it. Not Troy. Jeff. Then Jeff and Annie, they go into the kitchen with Shirley. She's there. Britta comes out. Oh, what smells amazing. And yeah. this time Shirley has the pies ready. Oh, you want my pies? Britta does something nice. And finally, Shirley in this episode gets someone to eat her pies. Her baking is justified. Troy, and uh, then we jump real quick to Troy and Pierce at the table. And Pierce gets out the gift. And Troy is, oh, wait a second. By the way, I just wanted to say thank you for letting me stay with you. That was a hard time. And now I'm able to make it on my own like you did. So, And obviously that sits right with Pierce. But he doesn't want Troy to open the, the gift then. And then at the same time, and they keep going between these three then, uh, these three different relationships that are, yeah. that are happening, we see Jeff and Annie in the kitchen, and they're having their moment, their flirting little thing, and so then they're going to kiss. So then all three of them fall apart because yeah. Britta lets slip that no one was supposed to try uh, Shirley's pies, and yeah. then Shirley's like, wait, you've been smoking, you're high in the bathroom, and then Troy uh, wants to open the present, like, just let me open it, it feels fun! <laughs> and Pierce is not wanting to do it because he knows that he knows what he's giving him, and then Jeff and Annie have their oh, wait, yeah, I shouldn't have said something about my dad, blah, 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 what? You kind of ruined the, yeah. the mood. Like, so, hit a little, little tip when you're making out less dad talk. <laughs> which I've always found actually is, is wrong. I try and talk about dads as much as I can when I'm making out. So you take that. <laughs> take, take that piece of knowledge and feel real bad about Angie. All right. Um, for so, Angie. For Angie. Well, either one. Either yeah. or potato, potato. So, so that's why I said I coming back to this now, like from a narrative sense, that all three conflicts, all of the potential conflicts of the episode play out in if it wouldn't go positive. Yeah, Shirley has the no one paying attention to her bacon, and then when she finally actually does have someone do it, she comes to terms with oh, no one was going to eat it. Um, yeah. Jeff and Annie end in a bad way. Pierce gets his way with Troy and shows him, hey, I wanted to troll you literally with this is, awful present. Is this the one where like he start, like Troy starts to connect and says, like, oh, thank you. And then Pierce feels yep. bad and doesn't want to give him the gift? Yep. yep. Because for <clears throat> a moment, what I liked about this, too, is another bait and switch. It makes it seem like, wait, there's actually going to be good resolution for all of them. All the characters are going to get the things that they want. And then... That's why they're doing all three of the conversations at once, bouncing between them. Yeah. Because then there's like, wait, let's just slowly turn it to actually being bad. Yeah. And I think, again, 
great writing for such small conflicts to be able to kind of twist that knife and be like, no, let's actually blow it all up at the last second. Yeah. And that's what, that's why, and that is what makes Abed's joke really good when he comes in the whole, like, I hope this is the right, the correct timeline. I found a nickel like that. Abed is going to be okay, no matter what, but all these other characters are so fragile and so messed up the whole heart of what community is about these broken characters and they just can't get things right for themselves. No, but then we get, so that that was the end of all these alternate timelines with the dice until we get to this different alternate timeline, which is the whole point of the episode. And this, so, I believe, is, is like the prime. This is the, yep. the the real timeline of what happens next. Yeah, because Dan Harmon went on afterwards because people were like, oh, what's the real timeline? And Dan's like, I wanted it to be clear that this was the prime timeline. I I, I tried to leave clues, but it's like, sure, we can mess with your guys' ideas and sensibilities, but I want you to be on the same page. This is the prime timeline. So this is where Abed gets his big moment because he catches the dice. He stops. He's like, I don't think that we should. I don't think we should invite that chaos into our lives. Like chaos is already a big part of it. It's like what holds us together is our relationships. And then he's like highlighting each one, each person's like, uh, Annie's always going to be giving and share, you know, I can't I wrote him down. Annie will always be dri- given. Shirley will driven. always be, Annie, Annie will be driven. Shirley will be giving. Pierce will never, never apologize. Brit is a bit of a wild card and Jeff will always be a conniving SOB. <laughs> and that's when he calls out. And like, I think that's a great call out too, because I didn't catch it at the first that there were seven of them and that Jeff had devised that system. Cause like he points it out, Jeff, he makes Jeff the bad guy because that's what he is. He did the whole thing. like, I'll roll the dice one through six. That person goes to get it, but there's seven people at the table. So Jeff being the one who created that system made it so that he would never have to get the pizza. And so yeah. Abed highlights that and everyone's like, Oh, that jerk. And they're all on the same side. No, yeah. Annie's no longer like, Oh, Jeff, huh, I'm looking up to you. He's, He's the mm-hmm. villain of the group and they unite around that. So when he stands up and hits his head, they're all like, ha, that's what you get. Yeah. And that is, you know, before it gets, well, actually we'll just continue on because then we can kind of talk about the moral of it right afterwards. Yeah. Um, and Roxanne has, plays. Yeah. And, yeah, and, Roxanne no one, and plays. Jeff isn't there to say no. And Britta gets to keep singing. Yeah. And they all enjoy it. By the way, Troy does his man. That guy sucks harder than a toilet in a bathroom. And, and yeah. Pierce like, oh, I had something for that. Um, yeah. And he doesn't bring up the Eartha Kitt Cause, story. Cause okay, as with all these Eartha Kitts, Troy, um, Pierce like manufactures a way to say, he's like, Oh, you're talking about this. Well, you know, who else likes that is Eartha Kitt who I nailed in an airplane bathroom. This time yep. he actually gets the perfect setup and he's like, eh, whatever. And the reason why it's whatever is because he brings up Eartha Kit in the first place to be the talk of the room because he doesn't want to be the most hated. But right at that moment, Jeff was exactly. Jeff was the villain. And that's, that is why Pierce has such a role in this show is because Pierce is what Jeff could be if he continues on a certain path. And yeah. so I really like when the show does that because this is the, it's the prime timeline. They're all mm-hmm. enjoying each other. They're all having fun. They have a dance party to Roxanne there. It's the housewarming party that Abed and Troy wanted to begin with. And all it took was for Jeff to not be controlling everything and for him to be the villain. 
and, and so it's it's kind of actually a sad state of affairs to show. And Jeff kind of makes a joke when he comes back in. He's like, see what happens when I leave the room? It's like, actually, maybe you need to leave the room more. When Troy leaves the room, bad things happen. When Jeff leaves the room, good things happen. Yeah. I love that that uh, like connection and that comparison. Yeah. And then here's the, the other one I was saying about um, things call, call, uh, calling back is, you know, everyone gets up and they're all singing. Um, Roxanne, they're dancing around, and uh, Annie says, I love your apartment. And then Abed says, You should move in here because then that has sets up she does move in here later in that season. She does. I, I, I knew that they were gonna bring that back because I remember that she moves in, I just couldn't remember when she did. And did you catch her? So, she, so Abed says, You should move in here, and then Troy gives a look to Abed. And I can't imagine, I can't decide if it's like, Dude, what are you doing, or if it's like, Yeah, I agree. Like, it's definitely a, a knowing look from Troy to Abed after Abed suggests that Annie move in there. I think it's a I think it's a bad look. I think it's like a why would you do that? Like yeah. I don't want this because we don't do we ever have a Troy and on anything? Because I don't think we do. Well, early very early on, uh, Annie was um, had a crush on Troy from That's high right. school, but they dropped that pretty quickly. That was like it's kind of like the 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 Boyle and Rosa of this show. Yeah, I actually could see Troy and Annie much more readily than I can see Troy and Britta. I can see that. And then it's kind of like they, they dropped it until Troy. And then when Troy was leaving, Annie's like, all I wanted in high school was for Troy Barnes to notice me. And he's like, you're the best. But like, they never seriously went for that as I think you're right that Troy was was saying to Abed, like, this is a really good thing we got going here. Why, why yeah. shake it up? Exactly. And, and it's funny. Oh, go ahead. And again, that's part of Troy's character too in this episode of I want to be a man. I want to be on my own. I want to be strong. Like he doesn't view Abed as being like a help to him or like someone who's going to bail him out. He's just like his friend. So like it still is living with Abed is still like living on his own. He's made it on his own because Troy and Abed are equals and Troy definitely views Abed as his equal. But Annie is not his equal. He he doesn't he has a little bit lower of a self-esteem than for yeah. himself. And so if Annie was going to be in there, it would be that motherly thing again. It would be her taking care of them. And he's like, it's got to be us. We've got to be on our own. Mm-hmm. I love that. Also, while they're, I think I agree, agree completely while they're dancing around. So first uh, Pierce just tosses the gift in the, in the trash. It's like, I don't need to give this gift. And then if you notice as they're dancing, he picks it up by the trash and just chucks it out the window. <laughs> So maybe he thinks it was haunted. I didn't notice that, but that's great. He might actually think it was haunted. Yeah. He picks it up and like looks around and just like tosses the, 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 they're presumably on the third floor because they're apartment 304. Yeah. And then Jeff comes back and sees everyone dancing. And just kind of like looks around like, oh, it's like, it's like he's the dad of the teenagers. And like, I'm just glad my kids are having fun. Even though his kids include Pierce and Charlie. (laughs) But there's also the the point of like he can't he can't bring himself to to that he yeah. he's still too concerned about what he looks like to just exactly. have fun and be in the moment. But he can at least appreciate as he's seeing them. He can appreciate that they're having fun. And there's a little yeah. bit of the I want that for myself. I just don't know if I can ever get it. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's end with the post credit stinger uh, or not post credits, but the, the post commercial stinger and tag. There you go. And it's the darkest timeline. Yeah. I, I love that they, so this is a setup that we see pay off a couple different times. And without this darkest timeline, we wouldn't get my favorite joke of the whole show. I think the, um, w- w- a Troy and dark Troy talking with each other with the paintballs. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm out of bullets too. Why would you tell me that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like how, how disappointed he is in his own evil self. It's the follow-up from the darkest timeline where Troy left. We find out what happened to everybody. I mean, Rita goes, goes through everybody. Let's see. I'm just going to go around the table. Uh, Jeff lost an arm somehow. Annie's not there because Annie's locked in a mental institute. Shirley's a drunk. Pierce is dead. But then later on, we realize in this timeline, faked his death. Uh, Troy tried to eat the evil troll and now like has his larynx removed and talks with a voice box. Like I, I can't even do the impression. <laughs> Clearly you don't understand anything about defeating trolls. Yeah. I just love how he stands by the decision. And clearly the Abed Brita side is a side to be on for that table because nothing's wrong with Abed. And, and, and uh, Brita just has a blue streak in her hair, which Jeff's like, you put a washaway blue streak in your hair. I lost an arm. <laughs> exactly. Life got dark. Yeah. And this is when Abed has the little felt mustaches or goatee he hands out to everybody. You should put these on until you can grow your own because we are the darkest timeline. And we're going to try to pass through in a portal to the main timeline to defeat our early selves. And I love what Jeff says. He's like, evil Abed, as evil Jeff, can I pull less punches with you? Yes. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and I, I think they could have done more with the evil timeline or you might be of the, the opinion that that's a spot where community jumped the shark and that's fine. I, you know, it, it really is a ridiculous concept, but I, I think that you could have done a little bit more with it. Oh, I mean, you also could have done less I, I, yeah. depending on what your point of view is. But I think they they revisited it just a little bit, and I yeah. wonder, was it? Did they do this in season four when they revisited it, or do they revisit it in five with the finale with the paintball? That was four, but they did also in season three when it was like technically like in all in Abed's imagination, where you have like uh, Abed, evil Abed, and like you have like main Abed imagining this, like trying to like, chasing Jeff around with a bone saw. <laughs> And speaking of in in his imagination, so that that's how it ends too. That after everyone like yeah. hands out the goatees, everyone leaves except for Troy, being the bud that he is, puts on yeah. the one is evil Troy and evil Abed. Yep, I said that they they started and ended the episode with that. It was Troy and Abed's new apartment and evil Troy and evil Abed. Although it doesn't technically end because then it Troy uh, Abed and Troy are in their apartment. And it's like wait, something's wrong. I don't I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there it is. So yeah, it's very complicated when you when you actually have to describe. Okay, this happens in this timeline, but if you're just watching it, it is a fantastic episode. Yeah, and it's not nearly as complicated when you're just watching it because yeah. you're able to just enjoy it as it goes. They do a really good job as I talk, as I said about like you know dumbing it down or whatever. They they hold your hand through it well enough to be like, just so you know, this is where we're at, and we're not going to shake things up too much. We're going to keep the same general structure. We're going to give everyone some agency but it's not gonna be big 
uh, going to the bathroom to get high. That's not a big agency wanting to make pies for people and needing and having that as a compulsion. That's not big agency. Like all these things are very small stuff to make it really easy to track and not get lost in the episode, but yet enough to build on and change things around by subtracting one person. And I just, I love the, again, it's a concept episode and the concept to me just works flawlessly. I love it. Yeah. So, um, I really don't have anything else to say about this episode, except I love how it, it just highlights everybody's characters. Um, yeah. so then if you have anything else, we can kind of go into what we talked about earlier, the community movie predictions. Would you consider this? I, I would, even though, it's a little bit of a cheat because it is a new location, but they reuse the set later. But would you consider this a bottle episode? I think I would. I would. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all in the apartment. It's, it's one of their, it is for this season. It, it is one of their main sets. The only thing is, okay, but you know what? Technically one of the most famous bottle episodes, the, uh, the one where no one's ready and on friends does have the end tag where it's in a different location with the other guest star of the guys like, well, you took my seat. Whereas this one, I was like, this one has uh, a, a guest, a guest actor who is the pizza guy. Yeah. And technically uh, yeah, bottle episodes are, are designed to save money, not spend all of your money on Roxanne, <laughs> but structurally. Yes. <laughs> So that's that's why I I find it ironic is that they they were meta about the one of the other bottle episodes that they did, but this one ends up being a bottle episode, and because it is like so confined, it still ends up being just so great. Like it's it allows you to enjoy the character and character dynamics, and and a show like Community where you've got six characters and they all have different dynamics, especially when they're all in a group, mm-hmm. it's really a fun idea to say what happens if we just take one away and we get to see it's like a an experiment in science where it's like it's the same thing that happens but we just remove one uh variable and you know it's interesting like i was about to say is this also one of the only episodes that doesn't take place in in greendale at all but they do have the end tag of the darkest timeline in the study room yes so are are there any episodes that don't take place at all in the study in in greendale um, when uh, they go to the bars for Troy's birthday, is they started the episode and they started that episode in, in the study room. Okay, that's, what, that's what I would have guessed. Uh, that's a man who knows how to marry his cousin. I don't know if that episode, no, they are because at the beginning, Garrett gets engaged in Jeff's classroom. There you go. Yeah, who knows? I okay. mean, when but, the show's called Community, you'd imagine that it would take place at community college. Well, Wait, like, what okay, about the one? There, what about the one when they are with a psychiatrist and he's trying to convince them all that Greendale is made up? Well, that one has flashbacks and cutaways that, that are oh, okay. Greendale. And the kind of like I believe there are two episodes of Friends where no episodes take place in Monica's apartment. Las Vegas? Maybe. I know one of them is where they're on the ski trip. Then they get broken down and Ross has to come get them. Yeah. I can't remember if uh they get back to, I don't think there, I don't think there is one of the Vegas ones. Maybe that's it. Cause with London, Phoebe stays behind. So you yes. have that. And Phoebe anyway, stays behind for some reason is in Monica's apartment. Yeah. Why not? Just, I don't <laughs> know about you. you know, but when my friends go on vacation, I just spend all my time at their house. If you know, okay. I know, I know Andrew who was going to come on here. 
I know he's a community fan. He'll probably be listening to this one. So, Andrew, this is a call out to you specifically. Let <laughs> us know if there are any episodes of community that don't take place in Greendale. Yeah, Andrew, oh, we're calling oh, you out. <laughs> also, good luck with the baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, also, we love you. We're like, glad you have a baby and stuff. But uh, we're calling you out, man. All right. So, um, uh, wait, what were we, we going to do? Oh, we're going to yeah, do a, a movie. Talk about That's the community right. movie. So, All right. Uh, the, here's what we knew. We know so far. All we know is that Dan Harmon is, is directing it. And the six people who were confirmed to come back were Jeff, Britta, Annie, Abed, Chang, and Dean Pelton. So the a series regular is at the end of the show. Um, but I didn't, I thought I had heard that Troy was confirmed too. I wasn't sure if he was confirmed. I know they had talked, they, they were in talks with him and I, w- I was going to talk about Troy. So, um, obviously what I would love is for Troy to be part of the main gang. Like they find him early. They, they catch up with him early on and he's just part of the whole gang. That might not be realistic with his schedule, but I, at the very least, I think we can get one scene with Troy minimum and we need to get a Troy and Abed something, something and, and their handshake. Oh, yeah. That's that's all I want from Troy. Yeah. We've got, I mean, besides him being in the episode the whole time. I, I want him to be in it the whole time. I think that, you know, some of the stuff that he said when they've mm-hmm. been like, Oh, you're, you're too busy. And like, he has a love for community. Oh yeah. He does enjoy his time with them. And he, he has the respect for like, yeah, this is, I wouldn't be where I am today without this show. So yeah. I think, that he would do his best to make it work and yeah. to even be in a bigger degree than just a couple scenes. It was so great to see him interacting with them and coming back for that Zoom reunion. Did you watch that, by the way, Matt? I didn't, no. Well, at one point, he's like, we should start a text thread or something. And they're like, yeah, we already have one. We just figured you'd be too busy to text us. <laughs> I, I would feel, I don't know if I'd feel offended, but I'd be like, come on, guys. I want to be yeah. a part so of this. He's clearly still friends with them. And then there's Shirley. I mean, I'm she uh Nevada Nicole Brown had expressed like uh enthusiasm, like great, you guys did it, and like you're gonna come back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'd I'd be surprised if she's not in it at all, but I don't know what to expect if we're gonna get Shirley back or not. I I could see her like I would be surprised if we don't get Shirley. I would be surprised if we did get Pierce. I, yes, I just well, think because of the battered relationship that that's not going to happen no matter no. what the schedule is. Yes, but they could. Okay, different ways they could do it. I, I don't want to be – I wouldn't want it to be, oh, Pierce faked his death. But they could do a flashback, a dream sequence, the hologram. If they if they wanted to make it work, they could get Pierce in there at some point. I do yeah. guarantee there's going to be a mention of Pierce at some point. I mean, we had a whole episode with a video game version of his dead dad. So, I mean, he had money. He could create a metaverse AI hologram something before yeah. he had died to keep his memory alive. And AI is such a big topic now. That would be a very natural way to include him is to have him be the villain as an AI Pierce. I don't think they're going to do that. I think I think we're just going to think they will them- either. I think we're going to get a mention of Pierce. Okay, now next would be, what about the um, supplementary, like, almost main characters? I'm thinking uh, Buzz Hickey, Frankie Elroy, and uh, Ian Duncan by by John Oliver for them. I don't think we're getting Jonathan Banks. I don't think so either. I think we are. I 
I think Keith David will come back. So I think we would get Elroy. I think we would get um, John Oliver's character, Ian. And I think we could get Frankie as well. I think, yeah, I think we could. I think Elroy, Elroy was such a good addition. He was yeah. a great part of that final piece. It, yeah. it also was like some needed diversity after Troy and Shirley left to, mm-hmm. to have him come in. Um, but even outside of that, he was yeah. just a great character to have. And I think he enjoyed himself. Frankie mm-hmm. was, was fine, but I, yeah. I would be sad if we didn't get any Elroy in it. Me too. And I, mean, I feel like John Oliver, cause Dink Duncan was like, he was a big character for stretches of it. Then he would just disappear. Then he came back a little bit, then disappeared again. Mm-hmm. With his schedule, because I mean, John Oliver's doing a lot of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he's more of a cameo, but I think he would come back for it. Yeah, we lost it as people. Uh, Leonard died, uh, Betty yep. White died. Uh, their what's it called teacher, the ecology teacher. Um, oh, the, uh, the biology teacher, yes, yeah. But out of those, Leonard is the, the only one who was really a mainstay. And I, I would, I would love it. I could see them doing that, paying. I, I, I bet there will be some kind of reference to Leonard dying and. I was thinking the perfect Greendale way to do it. We'd have something super random be mem- have like a commemorative plaque to Leonard. Cause his last name was Rodriguez, by the way. And my thought would be, this is the Leonard Rodriguez commemorative women's bathroom. <laughs> but I think people we would get back um, for ancillary characters. Yes, we'd, have, we're go next. we'd have Starburns. We would have Magnum or Magnitude, Magnitude, um, Neil, Fat Neil, and Amy, um, Vicky, yeah, oh, Vicky, thank you, Vicky, um, and Garrett, Garrett, yep. There's one I was thinking, I can't remember his name. You, you, oh, go Todd, with what Todd, the curly haired army guy who was in That's, a bunch of them, he could be in it. I don't know if we'd. I wouldn't put as much money on him because he, he wasn't as big in a lot of stuff. Except he did come back in the final season for that paintball episode. He did. And I do think especially Starburns was very close with Dan Harmon. And that's why there was no Starburns in season four. Cause it's like, they're, they're like kind of a package deal. The two of them. Who is the, the doctor that was in uh, the pottery class and who dressed as a banana for that Halloween oh, episode? Rich. Yeah. I think he would come back. I could see him back. Possibly, but he was only in the first couple seasons. He wasn't he wasn't in it past season two, I think. But he could come back. Yeah, but I think he he's a good little like foil to Jeff for like yeah. the cool guy. He's yeah. cooler than everyone else at <clears throat> the campus, sort of the guy. And uh I bet we'll get a cameo by Annie's boobs the monkey. <laughs> of course. Or the school board guys or uh some of the janitors and the air conditioning repair guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. There's about a lot that. of ancillary characters in the show. There I are. bet what they would do is I bet they would just send a I could I don't know how casting works. I could see them like sending out invitations to all of these people and then whoever bites bites and they work with that. Yeah. And I could see them also like having um because a lot of them also aren't like these big name actors, like they're acting, but they're they're just these character roles. I could see Jonathan them. Banks, what is he doing? <laughs> I I could see the other I could see a lot of these guys just being in like like one scene, like where it's oh, yeah. everyone in the gymnasium sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. do you think it's I mean, I you have to have Greendale as a set piece. You need to have them at the table at least once, maybe like at the beginning for the call to adventure, but I don't know if I want them to only be in Greendale. I want them to go out and experience the world from yeah. Greendale. 
weirdly enough, I think I also think that they would also do a greatest hits of like cameos. Like I think we could see Louis Guzman back. I think we could mm-hmm. see LeVar Burton back. Um, Maybe even Jack Black as Buddy. Yeah, I could see that. I th- I think that this movie would be kind of like Zoolander, where it's like, can we get all these cameos? Because it's like, did you like being on it? If you liked it, we want to include you in this. Yeah. We want maybe get the ghost of John Goodman. <laughs> well, John Goodman. Oh, I was saying ghost. I was saying John Goodman's not dead. No, his character was dead. Yeah. Then you with all if you do that route, you have to have some kind of meta comment from Abed about man, we're getting a lot of guest stars this season. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I think that that's the way to do the community movie. Is you've had so many guest stars over the year, try yeah. years, try and bring them back, and maybe also you just get a bunch of cameos from people who weren't guest stars but loved Community when it was on. You know exactly. Um, or they have a bunch of community community guest stars, and then it goes to um, something like Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson being like, "I feel like I'm in the wrong movie." <laughs> Uh, we reached out to Andrew cause he was again, supposed to record with us and his thoughts. He, he had some written down and, um, he, he noted how like he, he went a little bit more into the plot of like what the plot would look like. And so he, yeah. he's like, he thinks that Abed when he comes back in would be a have a successful career in film. Um, and maybe even have like this whole thing be a movie produced by him or that yeah. would be very meta. And I totally see that. I think yeah. that's a great way to go of like, not, not so, not the same way as like the wedding episode or Pierce in the Hospital episode where it's like mockumentary style, but I really could see it being like this meta thing of Abbott is doing this big movie. We have to get all these people back again yeah. to Greendale. Um, he also said he thinks he would guess maybe Jeff and Annie are together, maybe married. Um, Jeff would be a teacher at Greendale while Annie's still working with the FBI. Which, okay, I had to ask him, are these predictions or hopes? Because if they were his hopes, I would have some words for Andrew because he want, because I'm, I hope he doesn't want Jeff and Annie married. Yeah. I think Jeff should be like that Arrested Development type character where he, he can't, he can't get outside of himself. And when we catch up with him, Jeff is just as in dire straits as he was in the pilot episode that mm-hmm. the whole movie would be about Jeff's character growth through it and getting to a spot of of familiarity because i mean he, even the the series he didn't end in a super great spot he ended in like the five stages of grief and getting to the acceptance part of those five stages it's not like he had this great revelation or some big thing of like okay now i've reached my dreams for my life he just come to terms with where his life was and we need to see him to me get to a spot where he's actually happy in his life yeah I think, and I think that Jeff will be the true main character of the movie, it, it, more than an ensemble. I think it will be the Jeff story, starring everybody else. Yeah, and I think that is where, like, you could bring Pierce back in if they decided to go that route and reach out to Chevy Chase, because again, the mirror of Jeff to Pierce is a really strong parallel, and I would, I think that that is a big enough desire to get outside of your crap hole living and be the better person that you want to be. Um, Andrew also says, uh, Chang appears surprisingly not gay and with limited aspirations. And Dean is still the Dean business as usual, which again, Dean, Dean doesn't have a, a growth. Dean needs to be the Dean. He needs, he's the stability of Greendale. Greendale's not Greendale without the Dean being who he is. 
exactly. And you gotta have like you gotta have some some, some great Dean one liners and some Dean crush on Jeff action too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other other character growth. Um, Abed doesn't grow because he's we, we've talked about is like everyone else is broken, but Abed he's just kid like. And it's that's not so terrible of a flaw, and you can even argue if that's a flaw. But you've got a lot of other characters that could grow. So if they bring back Britta, she would be another one. I, I feel like it's the same sort of thing that I said with Jeff, with especially with Britta, that Annie would be one who could be successful. But I think Britta would still be like in a spot where she's not where she wants to be either, because Britta is a female Jeff in some ways. Um, but she just is so like I would say she's that wild card. She's she's so indignant and self-righteous and thinks she's better when really she's one of the most flawed of the group. Yeah, exactly. So we've got to start with Britta of a spot of like she got out of there, but Greendale didn't get out of her. She still is that same Britta. And we and I don't know if she would have a huge character growth, but something like she can't be at a good spot if she's going to be back to Greendale for whatever the reason's going to be. Mm -hmm. We also have to have a cameo by the Greendale human being. <laughs> Man, that is just play the hits with that. Like there's a lot. Oh, um, we could easily have, what, what's the community, the rival community college and the Dean oh, of that. city college. Yeah. Dean yeah. Spreck from yeah. city college. Easily be a villain in this. So yeah. I don't have a I don't have a ton I don't have a big fleshed out thing but I I think you start like my building blocks that I've got is exactly where you'd have to start so they've got a script so hopefully it's good and hopefully it's a lot of fun and hopefully it yeah. actually happens and if it does get made we will do an episode about it oh absolutely yep maybe we'll make someone who's never watched Community um, watch it. Maybe one of your girlfriend's kids. We can uh, tell them to get on here and be like, you've never watched Community. Let's watch this reunion movie special. <laughs> that would be a crazy thing. Why would we ever do that? That's ridiculous. Hey, speaking of uh, one of your girlfriend's kids, last week she had trivia for us. So if you didn't she listen did. to last week's episode, we talked about Grey's Anatomy. If you are not a Grey's Anatomy fan, I get it. I understand. But if you are a Grey's Anatomy fan, go listen to that episode. Heck, if you're not, go listen to it anyway. And um, we talked about that that show. And so one of the characters early in the seasons, in the first couple ones, uh, his name's George. He, in the pilot episode, helps to perform a uh, surgery. Appendectomy. Appendectomy. Yep. And he almost kills the patient. So what was the nickname? that George got from the other doctors. That was her trivia question. And uh, Brian, you know this. Yep. It was 007. It was indeed 007 because he has a license to kill. But um, also, so going into trivia for this week, we talked obviously about community. And speaking of talking about something, Pierce, every chance he got could bring up how he had sex with Eartha Kit. And so, if you're one of those young ones who's like, who's Eartha Kitt? You might not know the answer to this question, but Eartha Kitt has actually portrayed a Disney villain. Which Disney villain was <coughs> Eartha Kitt? Go ahead and answer that. Let us know. You might know this. Send us a text. Send us an email. Send, yeah. 
who knows if we check email we don't we're old also real quick side note did you watch the the, the short the once upon a studio that disney made celebrating 100 years of disney no i keep seeing people like okay people aren't talking about it disney shills are talking about it i keep seeing like disney pages be like hey here's behind the scenes stuff i mean it's nothing great it's it's cool it's it's on disney plus it's just like 12 minutes long it's basically just like mixing together you know 100 years worth of characters because you got like all these disney classics coming together and interacting with each other and it's actually pretty cool and they even use archival footage like you hear the aladdin talking as as robin williams because i think they used old archival footage of him from aladdin nice and you know of course at the end they sing when you wish upon a star and it ends with jimmy cricket with with the original audio of Jiminy Cricket from the 40s and little stuff like that. So you're going to hear all your favorites interacting. And, you know, of course, Goofy tries to be the one to take the picture and you see how well that goes. So it's Disney Community College. Yep. And there's a nice moment where Mickey takes off his hat and says thank you to a picture of Walt Disney. And it's, I mean, it's what you'd expect. It's all your Disney characters in a show. It's kind of like, hey, cool, that character, that character, that character. And it's then the Leonardo DiCaprio meme of pointing at the screen. It is. Got it. Yeah, I, yep. I, I, I knew what it was. I just had not like gotten around to watching it. It's, it's mm-hmm. not like a, I have to watch this. It's just one of those like, oh, that'd be cool to see. Yeah, exactly. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, hey, that was it. Next week, you know what we're doing? We're wrapping up. I don't know if this is going to be the wrap up because we might do another one, but we're going to do it. Let's, let's not do the wrap up. I think the 2010s has enough to talk about. Sounds good. We're going to continue on with our decades of TV. So next week, we're going to talk about the early aughts, which is 2000 to 2010. Yes, that's what they're called. People call them that for some reason that. Uh, so 2000s to 2010s TV, we're going to talk about that decade. We got a couple of guests. We got a new guest coming on and we've got one of our old classics good old paul coming back to us so and our new guest will be the guest who outside of family will be the guest i have known the longest in life there you go excluding my dad and my cousin well they're family they count as family i don't know if you know that yeah wait family counts as family i know it's crazy how that works yeah all right. Well, we've kept you going long enough. If you haven't watched this episode, go watch this episode. If you, yep. ha- I, I don't know why you're listening to us. If you haven't watched this episode, you're, just, you're crazy. But yeah. until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And we're reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching. Roxanne! Roxanne!